and welcome to this endo life episode 166. I'm Jessica Duffin, I'm an endo warrior, an endo health coach, and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. As always, this podcast is here for educational purposes only. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to give a shout out to my lovely sponsors at BU. And I wanted to tell you about their new bath bombs, which are naturally made and contain beautiful essential oils. And their peppermint and eucalyptus essential oils um, bath bomb is doing so well right now with the endometriosis community. They're getting loads of feedback about it. And, you know, if you love the patches themselves you're going to love the bath bombs because essentially it's (laughs) the patch in a bath bomb um so you know if you're on your period or if you're in pain you could have a bath with some of the bath bombs or one of them I don't know you could have multiple if you want um and then yeah get out the bath maybe rub in some cbd balm and put your patch on top, which is um, what a lot of people are feeding back that they're doing. So um, I would love to do that, but um, I don't have a bath, so I can't. But if you have a bath, um, then, you know, I think these new bath bombs could be a lovely way to help alleviate some of your pain. So if you'd like to check them out, you can go to BU, which is buonline.co.uk, And you can also order them from anywhere in the world on cultbeauty.co.uk and they deliver worldwide. Hi guys, I am so, so sorry for the radio silence for the past week and a half, I think. I haven't been too well recently. I'll go into it in another episode, but I I haven't had the energy to to record the episode. But it's sort of like a fallout of the kind of gut issues that I experienced in Greece and then I think returning home to the mold issues that we have here because the the mold kind of got worse whilst we went away because the people who were staying here weren't kind of you know following the same mold protocol that we would normally do because of my health and then introducing gluten for the celiac test I've just had a lot of histamine issues And I've generally just felt quite unwell with histamine problems for, I mean, yeah, probably since we got back from Greece. And it just kind of took its toll um, in the past couple of weeks, whereas before I was sort of getting getting by. And 100%, you know, my histamine reactions are not anything like they were a year and a half ago or a year ago. But they're still, you know, bad enough to make me feel really, really ill. And I just got to a stage in the past week or so where I've just been in bed a lot. And it's taken a toll on my mental health and how I've been feeling emotionally. And yeah, I just didn't have any energy to even record a message to say that I couldn't record. (laughs) So um, I am really, really sorry for that. But Today's episode is a live Q&A episode all about relationships with endo, particularly friends and family. Um, And then I've got some exciting interviews coming up. So yeah, hopefully the next couple episodes will make up for the radio silence and I will fill you in with my treatment and histamine 
adventures soon um I've just kind of changed a lot of it um and changed tactics so there's just a lot to report and I'm just going to wait till I've got a bit more energy to do that so this episode is as I said it's a live Q&A and I'm answering the questions how to have fun with friends again when it feels like Endor always gets in the way how to handle family not understanding how Endo affects your life how to explain to those who don't get endo just how impactful it is and what to say or do when a friend questions if you're really in pain when you say you can't go out. So I hope you enjoy this episode and I'll see you next week. Okay, so today I am doing a second edition of the endo and relationships live Q&A that I started. Um, I'm just going to change this light around started in Greece um obviously I haven't finished it because I haven't um been feeling too well and today I separated it so the last one was romantic relationships and this one is going to be about um friendships and family so I've got a couple questions and I think they're probably going to cover um most of your questions but if you have any others and we've got time then obviously add them add them on at the end I'm probably not going to go on for too long today sometimes I do an hour but just because I'm still not feeling great um I think with the celiac adding in gluten um a couple of different things going on um that I'm just not gonna go too long so we'll see if I can add on any at the end um, I feel like my lip liner is really strong. Just blend that in a bit. Okay, so I think it's this filter. Um, I wrote down your questions and wrote some notes, but I didn't write down the names, so I'm really sorry. But you're going to know it's your question. So I'm going to start with how to have fun with friends again. It feels like Endo always gets in the way. So I answered... Um, part of this question last time so this person asked about friends and a partner so Chris and I answered for partners and now I'm going to answer about friends so this is just a um caveat disclaimer obviously I am not a relationships coach or a relationships therapist in any way um I am a health coach um and so this is really from my own perspective um my own experience and also from being a um endometriosis support group um leader i don't know what the word was i can't even remember um and working in the endometriosis space for you know many many years um i feel like it's coming on to a decade um so this isn't like advice from a counsellor like relationship counsellor or anything like that um so my first um thought would be to have like safe activities that both you and your friends can enjoy what I mean by that are having activities that you feel like you can easily um 
get help if you need to or leave if you need to or you're relatively near home um so it's not necessarily like you've gone out for a night clubbing um or an activity that you know won't necessarily trigger a flare-up now i don't know what would trigger a flare-up for you um or i don't know what situations would make you feel worse so for example for me i can't really do it's not really to do with my endometriosis because that's so under control and so many of the conditions so many of the symptoms that i had in the past that i thought were endo are really the co-conditions of endo like the SIBO and the master activation syndrome things like that um so for example i couldn't go out drinking and partying all night the drinking would a hundred percent flare up my endometriosis there's there's no question about that so that would be endometriosis related but it would also aggravate my interstitial cystitis so that would put me in pelvic pain the next day and then the tiredness of being out all night generally would impact all of my conditions because you have chronic conditions right you do have like a limited amount of energy reserves you do tend to recover slower than other people even when it is managed well the way to manage it well is to get those foundations in like the sleep and stuff now there has to be some exceptions to that right i went to my friend's wedding a couple of weeks ago um and i think i had like six hours sleep or something i was knackered but i wasn't going to miss my friend's wedding so there's clearly that you know you have to have some flexibility but i wouldn't be going out dancing every weekend because i would be wiped out i wouldn't be able to do my job so some safe activities might be something that you can do near home if you regularly get flare-ups and you have to get home easily um going out for like nice walks during the day if you can manage walking it could be like a slow walk in a park it could be a walk along riverside i don't know where you live um it could be going to the cinema so you can get to sit down um maybe get the comfy chairs at the back like pay a bit more for the sofa chairs sofa seats it could be movie nights in like having really comforting movie nights in with your friends um it could be um dinners out somewhere that you know that you can eat that there's stuff on the menu for both of you um or it could be dinners in where you do like your your own kind kind of come dine with me like you know either you get a takeaway that you know you can eat or you get food from somewhere that you know you can eat or you know you guys bring dishes whatever it is or you you know if you're having a relatively good day you cook for them or they cook for you or it's a joint effort together where you experiment with making something endo-friendly in the kitchen um it could be like sleepovers or it could be um my i haven't done it for ages but when i lived in london um my friends and i we used to go to um workshops together like we learned do i have it yes that <laughs> Terrarium, what, what are they called? Terranium? Terrarium? I can't remember. That glass bottle thing with the plant in, my friends and I, we all made one each, like, I don't know how many years ago this was now, seven years ago or something. It's lasted a long time. Both of theirs died. I'm very proud that I kept that alive. I don't know how I've kept it alive. Um, going to things like that, going to... Um, we would go to tarot regions together we'd go to like these spiritual workshop classes together or yoga so it doesn't necessarily have to be something that 
is really action focused. It could be really to do with health and well-being. Like a lot of these classes that we went to were around health and well-being. Some of them we went to was like learning how to make healthy desserts, like um, learning how to cook gluten free. So there's so many different options now, especially if you live in a city or somewhere where they do like um, Airbnb experiences and things like that. Um, the other thing could be trying out like new healthy restaurants together. Um, that's always a fun thing that I do with friends. Um, again, when I lived in London, I did this more where like there'd be a new gluten free restaurant that we'd go and check out. Um, the other thing that I would suggest is have a think about when is a better time in your cycle. Generally, we are most sociable in the follicular and ovulatory phases because during those phases, estrogen actually changes um, our behaviour in order to make us more sociable so that we get pregnant essentially that the you know the, the um, cycles kind of end goal whether we want to or not is because it you know survival it wants us to get pregnant so one of the ways it does that is by making us more sociable um, and more engaged um, with people and interacting more outgoing, more confident. So if you find that you feel like that during those phases, this might be a better time for you to go out and see your friends. Now, some people do get pain around ovulation. So you're going to have to work out when you feel most capable in your cycle to see people and also that doesn't necessarily mean that the other phases are totally out it could mean that um you adjust what you do depending on where you are in your cycle so um in your luteal phase you might feel like you need to do more calmer things so that might be when you go to yoga classes together or you go for dinners out or cinemas uh cinema um yeah, you go to the cinema um, or you have movie nights in, um, whereas your follicular and ovulatory phase might be when you do more outgoing things. So just play around, work out when you feel best in your cycle and kind of adjust accordingly. Um, the other thing is, of course, I'm going to say this because of what I do on my health coach is what can you do to improve those key symptoms, because you said endo always gets in the way. What is it that's getting in your way? Like, what are the symptoms and how do we address those? Because I don't know your situation. I don't know what you, you know, what you've tried or how you're managing your endo, but, um, or whether you're new here and, you know, you, you haven't really learned um, which ways help you to manage your endo symptoms, but there are so many different options. So, I would have a look through my podcast as a starting place of different ways to manage your endometriosis symptoms and get to the root causes of some of your symptoms because not all of them are just blanket endometriosis um, and there are ways to, to manage. Um, so the next question, I'm just going to take a sip of water. This next question is how to... Oh, sorry, my shoulders. I'm always... I always see, I look back at my videos and I see I'm doing this because I have really bad shoulders. Um, I hold all of my stress and tension in my neck and my shoulders. So someone said how, someone asked, how to handle family not understanding how endo affects my life. So again, I'm not a counsellor. 
um, relationship counsellor, a couple of things. You are the one living in this condition. So regardless of what they think, if they are demanding of your time or your energy or expecting you to be at things, remember that you're the one who is going to feel the impact of that energy draining or trying to keep up their expectations that they're putting on you. If we look at this from a friendship point of view, because um, this is the best way that I can explain. Just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by BU. These natural patches last for 12 hours, so they bring you prolonged relief and can begin working on relaxing your muscles before the pain kicks in, so you're prepared even if your period comes during the middle of the day. Some people even find that wearing them a night before their period can really help soothe the inflammation in the area. To shop, just head to link in my show notes. I couldn't see properly because the lighting was, um, my screen was turned down. Um, I, I didn't realise. So um, if a friend is like badgering you to go out, for example, and they're like, come on, like they, they're making this massive thing, they really, really want to see you. Are they going to be the one who's suffering the next day? I don't mean never go out. I mean, if you're not feeling up to it and they really badger you to go out and you go out, are they the one that is going to be feeling the impact the next day? No. So they're going to be so, you know, in the moment, they really, really want you to go out, but they're not going to be checking in on you the next day. They're not going to be the one experiencing what you have to go through the next day. They're not going to have to be sitting in bed with you for the whole day. And maybe you've cancelled your plans and you can't do anything because you're, you're in pain. So what I mean to say is they might be putting you under pressure to do something, but they don't have the perspective of what doing that thing is going to do for you, going to do to you. So I would just, if you can communicate to them what that's going to mean for you for, I don't know, the next day or the next week, then I would try to do that. If they don't get it, then you need to be firm in your boundaries and be like, I know that they're putting me under pressure in this moment, but what is the kind of risk versus reward here? Like how much am I going to get out of this um, situation of doing what they need or want me to do? And what is going to be the outcome of that for me over the next day or the next week? If, if they're, putting you under pressure and you really want to do that thing you I don't know you really want to go and see your family for some kind of family event and it's worth it to you you really want to do it um and you're like do you know what I know I'm going to feel like shit tomorrow but I really I really want to do this thing I really want to see them um so I'm trying not to see sneeze um then then it's worth it for you but if you're like, do you know what? I don't really want to do this thing. I don't really want to see this person. They always expect too much from me. They always drain my energy. Then hold your boundaries and remember what it's going to do to the rest of your life for the rest of the week or so. Like if 
you have to, I don't know, say your sister always gets you to pick up her kids at the weekend and take her kids at the weekend. And I don't know, I'm just making this up. Um, she expects a lot of you as an auntie. If that's going to affect your ability to work that next week, or it's going to affect the life that you're leading, is that worth it? And is that fair? So I just try to, as hard as it is, really um, check in with yourself and ask yourself, like, is, is this worth the risk? Um, the other tactic that you could try is that everyone believed in COVID and everyone was like, oh, long COVID, it's, you know, it's a real thing, it's really serious. We basically deal with long COVID every day. What people have gone through with COVID and the going into lockdown and having to stay at home on their own and not being able to go out and see people, we essentially deal with that on a daily basis when we're not feeling well. Now, obviously, if we're managing our endometriosis and we've managed, you know, um, we've had a good surgery and, and things aren't out of control, because obviously there's only so much we can control with endometriosis. So I'm not saying it's your fault if it's not under control. But, you know, if we've got a system that's working for us, if we've got a good healthcare system that's supporting us and we've had a good surgery and, um, you know, there we're we are managing what we can manage of the condition, then hopefully we're not gonna be completely mimicking the COVID experience. But when our symptoms are out of control and when we are going through a flare and we're not feeling well, then essentially we are living in that lockdown that everyone was complaining about and everyone was struggling with. That is the reality of our lives when we are not doing what it takes to, um, put ourselves first and look after ourselves. We can't be a good family member when we are prioritizing everyone else above us. Everyone should prioritize self-care. But for us, it's particularly important because when we're not looking after ourselves, when we're not prioritizing, say, our sleep and um, our energy, then we can get run down quicker than other people. And so um, we can fall into that long COVID version of our ill health. And so just try and I've not tried this myself because I, I mean, I haven't seen people. So I, I saw my friends for a wedding. I haven't seen my mum or dad in a year. Um, I will be seeing them soon. So I haven't really spoken to anyone to test this out, but try explaining to them, you know, you know, when people suffer, they've had COVID and it goes on for months and they feel really unwell for months and they're really, they have fatigue and they can't do the things that they used to do. That's how I feel if I don't look after myself or I don't prioritize my needs, or it might be how you feel on an everyday basis at the moment because your endometriosis is, you know, has really got you in its grip. Try, try that method because I think that people really, you know, people take, take COVID very, very seriously, but it, it's almost the reality of what we're living with. So if you can kind of give them something, they can't grasp what living with endo is like because they don't have it, but they can grasp to a degree what, even if they haven't had COVID, they can grasp to a degree um, what that must be like, that scenario must be like, because we've all been living in the COVID bubble. So hopefully that will help um, kind of
get them to see it from a different perspective. Um, my other suggestion is show them the statistics and the articles and the podcasts and the films behind endometriosis because you know when you try and talk to someone say you try and give your like I try and give my boyfriend advice about health stuff and he doesn't really listen to me and then he comes back to me like weeks or months later and he's like well yeah I think I'm gonna try this thing I heard it on this podcast I'm like yeah I already said that so sometimes they don't mean it but our loved ones don't necessarily take us seriously um so show them statistics statistics on endometriosis uk they have um some stats around endometriosis that's really helpful they have some case studies you can look at vicky williams uh, my friend vicky williams she was a yoga teacher who specialized in endometriosis but she's now a um she's doing a phd in the impact of endometriosis in the workplace and she's got some incredible stats and she's got um a ted talk so you could share that there is also a film on endometriosis. Oh, what's it called? It's by Shannon Cohen. Uh, her surname is C-O-H-E-N, I think. And she's on my podcast. It's an old, old episode, but we talk about it on there and we talk about the film. So just have a look um, at that. It's endometriosis something. Um, it just came into my head and then it disappeared. So have a look for the film, sit down and watch it with them or ask them, say, you know, this would really mean a lot to me if you watch this. If they don't watch, if they can't sit down and watch an hour long film for you, but they expect you to be the best daughter or be the best sister or be the best auntie, and they can't watch an hour long film, they can't just sit down on their bum and watch a film, then I would question how much you do for them in return. Um, there are podcasts they can listen to. Obviously there's my podcast they can listen to. I have, um, it's not really the same, you know, it's a relationship perspective, but I have um, conversations. I've got two episodes, I think with my partner. Um, and that's really interesting to have the perspective of someone else. So they could listen to that. Um, there are tons of articles on endometriosis net and endometriosis news, um, and many of them are mine, to give them a different perspective of reading someone else's experience so that they know it's not just you, you're not being a hypochondriac, this is real. Um, and uh, yeah, so articles, there's also the endometriosis summit, they can attend that with you, it's online, it's, um, a yearly I think it's a yearly conference they can attend that with you um what were the other night notes oh yeah invite them to be a part of it invite them to come to support groups if you intend any support groups um invite them to go on a forum with you um invite them to hospital appointments um what did I write there Oh, marches, um, you know, when it's endometriosis awareness month and there's marches, invite them to go on marches with you because usually at the end of the marches, there's a social meet and greet bit. So um, you can, you know, they can meet other people at the end or they're gonna meet people on the walk as well. You start talking about 
living with endo obviously naturally being on the walk um and also check in with yourself and ask like have i had a sit down conversation with this person or is this just an everyday part of life that i mention you know i mention it but i don't really we don't really sit down and talk about it like if you haven't done that, I really suggest having a sit down conversation or, or a phone call where you literally outline to them how it affects your life and really um, use metaphors if you need, because metaphors can really help someone to grasp what it could be like, a comparison. Um, but have a, have a real conversation with them about it. Just check in with yourself, ask if you've done that. Um, and then... Um, another person said, asked how to explain it to those who don't get how impactful it is. So I would listen to the last answer. And then also endometriosis has now been listed as one of the most painful conditions in the world that you can get just as painful as having a heart attack. So for those who don't understand how impactful it is, ask them if they understand how impactful a heart attack is. And how painful it is ask them to imagine having the experience of a heart attack on a daily basis or a couple times a month i think then they might grasp how impactful it is again share those stats that i mentioned um there are stats on how painful endometriosis is and how much it affects people in the workplace and self-esteem and confidence and depression and anxiety um you should be able to find them on endometriosis net there will definitely be on endometriosis news and endometriosis um, UK so just kind of have a search through those for some stats and I think that will really hammer it home that it's not just you um, battery use went to low there are real um, statistics measurable statistics about on this so um, I would try that but definitely that heart attack piece you can google it it's it's now official um, and then another person asked what to say or do when a friend questions if you're really in pain when you say you can't go out um so <laughs> i'm gonna bite my tongue what i want to say i will say it but firstly i'm gonna say if you're feeling up to it like you're feeling in pain but you're not you can sit at home and watch a movie rather than go out invite them round invite them round to see your reality and invite them round as well to kind of be like what's more important our friendship or the night out if they if they're putting a night out of drinking above coming round and keeping you company then i would question their priorities if drinking and partying is is higher on their priority than your friendship then really who cares if they believe you or not because they're not a good friend and that is a difficult difficult realization to come to i totally understand that i've been in a similar situation recently um but it is it's going to kind of it's just it's going to be a hard cold reality if you ask them that question and they decide to go out and not be with you um the other thing is as obviously you could explain to them in detail how it feels you could also say you know I'm upset and hurt that you don't believe me this is a history that people with endometriosis have had to go through 
on average, it takes us 10 years to be diagnosed because we're not believed. We're often, you know, prescribed depression, um, uh, antidepressants. Um, there is a very real gender pain gap where men are believed over women. Men are prescribed more medication for pain relief than women. Um, you know, you can kind of throw some of those in at them so that they can be like, oh shit, I'm part of the problem. I'm not believing my friend. And they've already been subjected to years and years and years of not being believed. So that might give a bit of a reality check to them. The other thing that I wanted to say is really going back to that first piece is if this person is questioning you, how much do you want them to be in your life? And how much are they really there for you? Can you have a real conversation with them to get them to understand the reality of endometriosis? And you can use the previous tips that I shared around talking to your family about it. If they still can't come round, even once you've had a conversation with them, explaining the reality of living with endo, and they still don't believe you, then I can't help but suggest that you question that friendship. If you are then willing to keep them in your life, then I think you might need to come to a conclusion that they are a good friend for other things, maybe having a laugh, maybe going out and partying, but they are not the friend to go to for support and help. Um, and that might be something you have to come to terms with if you really want to keep them in your life. Or you understand that perhaps this isn't the best person to keep in your life and you create some distance. Or you even have a conversation where you actually say like, this isn't really working for me. You don't believe me. Um, it's already hard enough living this disease, let alone having someone question question me. Um, and I think that is a difficult reality of living with endometriosis. Um, I didn't have this experience so much with endo, but I've certainly had this experience more with SIBO and interstitial cystitis and muscle activation syndrome and histamine intolerance um not so much people don't believe me but people have become disinterested in me um they don't really want to hear about what's going on in my life because the majority of what's going on in my life is me trying to manage these new conditions um and they don't really want to engage in those conversations um or they don't ask the questions that I need to have like if if someone said to you I've got a new job you'd be like you wouldn't say oh I hope it's going well and then just close that conversation you would be like how's it going what's the people like you would sorry my um, connection paused you would go you would engage in a conversation that's what friends do right they engage in a conversation what I've noticed is less of that happening so if I you know they say how are you and I'm like yeah, I'm okay. I've been struggling with this SIBO treatment that I've been doing or the SIBO diet that I've been on. You know, it's been really tough. I've noticed a tendency to say, I hope you feel better soon or, oh, I hope that passes quickly and that's it and not continue that conversation. And what I have grappled with and I'm coming to the conclusion with conclusion to is that I need people in my life who want to engage with me 
regardless of what state of health I'm in. I don't want people in my life who can only engage with me when I'm well enough for us to have a conversation outside of health. If all I can offer is a conversation about them, like I'm asking questions about them and I'm engaged with them, but if all I can really talk about at that moment is my health because that's the predominant thing for me and they don't want to engage in that, then I don't necessarily mean I'm going to cut them out, but how much of an active part of active part do I want them to play in my life? Because I want someone who will accept me in every version of myself, including the times when I'm when I'm struggling with health. Because for some of the conditions that I have. I will have flare-ups over the years. I've relapsed from SIBO, so I know I have a chronic type of SIBO. So I'm going to relapse throughout my life. I'm going to have to go over, go through treatment throughout my life. So if someone doesn't want to engage in that, then they don't want to engage in parts of me and parts of my life. And is that a type of friendship that I want to have where that person only wants to engage with me when I'm doing well? So I can see this is resonating with a couple of you and getting lots of hearts. Um, oh shit, people are posting things that I haven't seen because it's not been coming up. Um, oh no, sorry. I'm just scrolling through these. Um, Josh, this is gonna be um, shared on my podcast and on this feed. Um, uh, so yeah, hopefully you get to watch this back. Sorry, I don't know why it's not been coming up. How weird. Um, so that is something that I'm grappling with because I've noticed significant, significant drop off with friends since I've been struggling with the SIBO and the histamine in the past two years um, and the potential um, uh, POTS and their potential EDS, um, people were actually more able to deal with my endometriosis, I think because I was managing it so well, but these conditions are totally new to me, well some of them are totally new to me, the POTS, the EDS, um, so I'm not managing it well because I don't know how to manage it yet and I've noticed that people aren't that open to engage and so I'm having it's been something that I've been talking to my counsellor, well, my therapist about, um, and it has been really difficult. And I don't have an answer for that yet, except to say that um, we're all different. And so you need to have this conversation with yourself, like who are the type of people that I want to be, that I want in my life? And um, am I willing to have people who just kind of want, want to engage with me when I'm my like active, like healthy self, because that's not always going to be our reality. Hopefully it will be, but it's not always, you know, the likeness is, is that our conditions are chronic and sometimes they're gonna flare up. So um, I feel like that's a really negative place to end on, but that was like the last concluding point. Um, I hope this has been helpful. Um, and yeah, to not end on a negative note, remember to, you know, listen back and go through. Sorry, my connection keeps going. Um, 
what are your like safe activities that you can share with your friends um when are the phases in your cycle that you feel more active um have real conversations with them um and uh share with them statistics and episodes on the podcast and articles invite them into support groups with you invite them on marches get them to be an active participant so they're not just seeing your reality they're seeing others because unfortunately um it's some people need to see multiple sources of evidence before they believe us which is awful i know but that is that's reality even with things that aren't related to endometriosis i think sometimes people need a little bit of convincing um okay so i'm gonna wrap up now um and sabrina um bring that that question to another q a call um because right now I'd need to do a bit of prep to answer that question. And obviously I'm not a therapist, so... It... And my internet is hating me right now, so I'm gonna go before it cuts me off. Um, so actually, yes, have a listen to my episode with um, a... I've got a relationships therapist. Um, oh God, I can't remember her name, but you'll see it. It's quite far back. And she talks about having hard conversations. It is from a romantic point of view, but it's applicable for all relationships. So definitely have a listen to that. I hope that helps. And then if you have any follow-up questions, um, bring them to the next Q&A. So I hope this helps everyone. Um, it was lovely, yeah, being here and seeing you all. Sorry for the radio silence. I've just been dealing with a couple of um, flare-ups from these other conditions. Um, on the upside, my interstitial cystitis is doing really well. I'll talk about that um, at another point. But um, yeah, it was lovely seeing you all. I hope you guys have a lovely weekend. We're now Thursday. Yeah, a lovely weekend. And I will see you soon. Bye, everyone. So that's it. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about what I do or read more on endometriosis and living well with it, um, you can head to my Instagram page, which is this underscore endolife. Um, you can head to my website, which is www.thisendolife.com. And you can also get um, a free guide to managing endometriosis naturally on my website. Um, I've put the link in my show notes. It's a beginner's guide to getting started and all of the areas that I um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis. As always, if you like this show, please rate, review and or subscribe. It really, truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis. This episode was produced by The Pod Farm. Whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started, visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world.